Virtual Theater, the podcast all about video game movies and the stories that shape them. My name is Andy Spiteri, joined by Gooey Fame. Goo, how you doing? I'm great. I'm great. How are you? Also great. Cool. I, uh, yeah, been <laughs> been uh, going a couple hours strong here today with the pods. You're but podcasting like crazy today. Yeah, we we did uh, we did the Zelda one. We did a bonus episode for our Patreon over on uh, patreon.com forward slash virtual theater. I mean, that that shit's just like a full-blown podcast episode. Yes. Right there. It was almost so, an hour long, so. Yeah. And it's all I mean, about wrestling. So if you like wrestling, go over there. Yeah, you're going to you're gonna love that. Value, value, value. We were talking about doing um, like that Bret Hart bonus, too. We should, we should oh, do that. Oh, we got to do that. Yeah. We just got to pick a couple. I want to do like a, like like one mini ep per like match you know what i mean just like yeah, yeah, yeah. a quick hit but i'd like to do some like you know we could do the austin match obviously but i'd also like to do just like some like random like you know catch different eras and different little tidbits yeah. you know and just because i feel I, like he's someone where no matter the scale of the match it's there's gonna be some morsels in there like something to really like sink your teeth into i would be um down to like watch his tag stuff a yes, lot because I yeah. know I haven't really watched a lot of that right like I I was uh I don't know I, we Dude. what were we we were like five years old basically when yeah. he started his singles run so like we didn't see a lot of the tag stuff so I'd be down to watch that too honestly yeah I didn't even really watch like by the time I was like really into wrestling like he was on I was watching WCW and he was on it and I thought he was like cool but he wasn't like someone who I like really loved you know I don't think he was ever like as cool obviously in in wcw but he did have some he did have some sweet matches there too yeah no he was definitely he's definitely not as cool in wcw they they really boned him over he's there, yeah he's bad. like not of my era but like i've i've like watched so much going back you know what i mean yeah yeah i, I watched his match with uh one two three kid not that long ago that's a oh all-timer. yeah yeah so we, we, i want to hit so all good. the different promotions he did and the different eras i would love just see all the different stuff he did oh yeah so good so yeah that's uh that's over on patreon patreon.com forward slash virtual theater we got the aew full gear breakdown plus you know we might do some uh some bret hart coming up in the yeah. near future and plus there's a, a ton of other goodies in there we are going to be we're still pumping about fast and furious man captain n and the game master is yes. going on over on Patreon. That's been a trip. Yeah. What <laughs> has it ever? Oof. That has been something else. <laughs> and it's a something great something else entirely. It's I was thinking that it's a great companion piece for our episode today because both are like glorified commercials, you know? Mhm. Yeah. They're very very of the same ilk. That's that's what I was thinking actually when I was watching The Wizard was like this is like a lie it, not quite, but it's like it reminds me of like what a live action Captain N could have or would have looked like maybe before he actually got sucked into the world. Right. You know? It really is actually about a little game master who's like just good at all the games. <laughs> yeah, that's a great point. I love that. Uh, so, yeah, we are covering it's not a video game movie specifically, but it's a movie definitely about video games. And that is The Wizard released December 15th, 1989. Directed by Todd Holland and starring Fred Savage, Christian Slater, and a whole bunch of other stars. Uh, this was uh, this was a trip. This was a 
This yeah. was a <laughs> it was a it was a movie that I wasn't expecting. Let's put it that way. Yeah, did you know much about it when I like had you you hadn't seen it, right? No, I'd never seen it. I'd never really heard of it at all. Okay, because I I knew about it because the movie's infamous for a couple things. There's the there's a power glove moment in it, and it also I believe it was the first time anyone ever saw Super Mario Brothers three. Yes. Um. So that's I was always kind of aware of it for that, and I think I watched it about like ten years ago, like when I first what got got to the age of like. Oh, I can start acquiring movies like various ways. I was like, hmm, I gotta check this out. And so I've I've sort of been aware of it, but it was like kinda nice to like revisit it, I guess, even though it's it's not really it's not really a great movie, but it was it was fun to revisit. Did you ever watch The Wonder Years with Fred Savage? Um, I I sort of it was one of those shows that I always just sort of saw like in syndication because it aired, you know, before I, it started before I was born, but it was always just on. So it's kind of one of those shows where I have like I didn't watch it a lot, but I, I just happened to see it a lot. It's sort of like, I don't know, like the Brady Bunch is <laughs> just another show that I've seen a lot of episodes of because I was a kid and the TV was on. Right. You know? But it, it wasn't a show I loved. I was I was trying to think. I just like don't remember the Wonder Years at all. Like I couldn't name a character I couldn't name a setting I couldn't name the theme song and oh, I was thinking like I have to have seen this on TV somewhere like the theme song is a banger <laughs> that's the one thing that I think is like the standout thing is that cover of the Beatles song or whatever it's so epic the, they got the Beatles song there what it's, it's the Joe Joe Cocker cover of I get by with a little help from uh, my friends wow okay the, what I, did, I did not know what that would you do if I sang out of tune oh it's so good it's so (laughs) epic that like if i hear that and i see clips from it i'm like the wonder years is a good show even though i don't know like i don't remember much about it you know i yeah i i don't know i don't know anything about it at all like i and i even know the name like fred savage but i just like couldn't picture here we go here we go i couldn't picture like anything about this show Mm. it's well it's like one of those things where it's like, oh yeah, sang out of tune. Oh wow! Wait, wait till the chorus kicks in right here. We're, we'll we'll play parts of it, but we'll get in trouble. Right here, it kicks in so hard. <laughs> oh wow! There we go. Oh, holy cow! So good. Wow! <laughs> I'll give it All that. Right. Uh, oof, okay, yeah. That's, no, no, that was pretty... Oof. The Wonder Years is like one of those shows where it, it was in the late 80s, early 90s, but it was like about like the sick 50s or 60s, like one of those kind of things. And I it's, see. it's where I think I think it might be Ron Howard narr- is like the older version of Fred Savage and he's like narrating over top of the sitcom like about his childhood. You know what I mean? So like you, so, you sort of have like the play by play by Ron Howard, I think. So all all of this setup is to say that like Fred Savage plays a kid on this show, The Wonder Years, and he, he's a pretty big deal right now. He's probably, if not the biggest child actor in the country, like he's probably in yeah. that discussion. He's also wasn't so, he also in um 
the Princess Bride, isn't he like the kid they're reading the story to, I think? I, I believe so, yeah. So, yeah, yeah he's... I believe so. He's like the child you get. <laughs> he's another um, stuff. I, by the way, did you see a young Tobey Maguire in this movie? He um, is... He's one of... Um, is he? Yeah, I, I, I don't... I can't remember if he's one of the, like... The punks that beats up no, because he he's one of Lucas's boys in this movie. Okay, okay, I I don't remember that. I didn't catch him. He he's totally there, and I looked it up after because I was like, that's totally like a, a young Tobey Maguire, and it was, but he's not credited. But he he totally showed up. Oh, okay. So well, yeah, great. Yeah, Fred Savage, man. This guy's in uh in the Princess Bride. He's in. The Wizard, Little well, Monsters, Little Monsters, Austin, the how how we met Austin Powers, yeah. hell yeah, yes, he's the mole, <laughs> mole guy. <laughs> yeah, he was. Yeah, he was hot for a brief period of time as like the he's the kid you call. He was the uh, the now you got that Finn Wolfhard kid that shows up everywhere. Yeah, and I sort of yeah. like with all these, I, I like. There's no child actor that I'm like I want to see more. I I need to see them more. Like. For, for some reason, when they take these kids and they put them in a bunch of stuff, I'm like, you know what? Fuck this kid. I'm sick of seeing this kid, you know? Wow. Okay. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> it's like, you got to do the right. Like, otherwise, it's like, they they just stop. I don't know. It's like, it's a weird thing where it's like, I don't want to see this the same kid. It, it makes them less believable as some random kid to me, you know? You, you get overexposed. Yeah. If you're, if you're doing it. Yeah. Um, I thought that, uh, I want to get her name wrong. Dakota Fanning. She was a good kid actor. She was in yeah, like yeah. man on fire. Like that, that was a sick sure. movie. Denzel Washington. Um, but yeah, so Fred Savage is the, the big star. <laughs> yeah. Of the wizard here. we got young Christian Slater, which is weird. Uh, a bunch of other, a bunch of other actors, but, uh, let's get good going cast. here because there is, there is a very interesting story behind this movie actually. And I'm, I'm going to read. Oh, please. The, uh, synopsis yeah. that I found. So, ah, here we go. During 1988, a shortage of ROM chips and preparation of a, of a version of Super Mario Bros. 2 for the West delayed several of Nintendo's game releases in North America. Um, the delayed products included Super Mario Bros. 3 and Zelda 2 The Adventure of Link. So, this delay presented Nintendo with an opportunity to promote the games in a feature film. So, 1989... <laughs> Tom Pollock of Universal Studios approached Nintendo about making a movie based on video games. Um, and it was inspired by... So Nintendo was already doing these video game competitions. So we see video game Armageddon in this movie. There actually was like Nintendo competitions that were like right. very similar to this. And you can you can learn a little bit about them actually in, in Console Wars, the episode that we did last year. But um, so they the Tom Pollock approached them about doing a movie based on this concept... And uh, essentially wanted to make it, a lot of people call it a commercial, and I guess it kind of is. But yeah, basically a movie on that concept. So Nintendo licensed its products for this film, had uh, script approval and creative control over this whole movie, (laughs) which I find baffling considering what this movie is. This was not what I was expecting at all for this movie, but like... Yeah, they went and they signed off on everything. And it was basically because a bunch of games got delayed and they didn't really have anything else. They made a movie instead to it's, promote the games when they did come out. Yeah. And to me, uh, maybe this doesn't necessarily contradict you being surprised. But to me, 
the whole movie it's it's not like awful it's not great either but it it does like most of it feels like it was all reverse engineered around that fact you know what i mean that it's like we need to make a movie where they we promote these games and it's like okay well how do we do that okay we'll have the competition like even like down to like all the characters like motivations and stuff like that like in the end almost all feel like they sort of they have like sort of these character like signposts they meet you know of like development and stuff but it really feels Mm -hmm. like it's like all manufactured around like like this is a big commercial you know what i mean it feels a little bit like hollow and stupid (laughs) in some ways yep i (laughs) okay we'll, we'll get we'll get to my thoughts um so the, by the way, before before I keep reading some some things I learned about this movie, the way that I I broke this movie down, I wanted to talk about some of my initial impressions, talk about the characters, and some of my like impressions I had after the movie. So we we won't, we won't do like a you know a scene by scene kind of deal okay. here. But, yeah, there's uh, not really I, like that would do it. A, there's that, not much to like awful. dive into. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it'd be boring actually. Yeah. The movie's kind of boring <laughs> a little bit. A little bit, yeah, sometimes. A little bit. <laughs> So this movie, as you might expect from our commentary here, just got absolutely panned by critics. Um, but it has developed like a cult following, kind of like Rocky Horror Picture Show, where I guess that this uh, this movie has inspired like wizard-themed retro gaming tournaments uh, across oh, wow. North America, which is very cool. And like Fred Savage, Jenny Lewis, Luke Edwards have all shown up at some of these over the years. So, like, that's kind of cool. Hmm. Yeah, I wonder, I, I did find myself, like, wondering, like, if I saw this as a kid, how would I feel about it? You know, like, do I have, because we, we talk about the Mario movie, I'm like, do I have blinders on for that? Or do I love it? I don't know. I, you know, why do I love it? Whereas, like, I watch this and I, I feel like it it has criticisms I've heard people even say about the Mario movie. And I'm like, do I just like not feel that way about this because I didn't watch it as a kid. I don't know. I'm I'm glad you brought that up. I'm going to, I'm going to retort at the appropriate time. <laughs> wow. Because you've got a lot because, of well, things because in the I chamber. was thinking too. Yeah. I was like, this is like much like watching the Mario movie. This is not what I was expecting. Right. Mm. Um, so yeah. Um, how do you say this guy's name? Bo Bridges. Is that, I is think that's Bo? correct. Yeah. Yeah. Bo. Okay. Bo Bridges. Christian Slater. Uh, both of them admitted that they had little to no interest in video games when they Aww. were cast, but but by God, they played during filming and became fans. Oh my God. So they were just, to just like it. the storyline with the dad. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely love to see it. I thought that this was really interesting here. This movie is called like something different everywhere. Oh. Like in every single language. So check this out. Oh God. The This movie is called Joystick Heroes in Germany. <laughs> Sweet Road in Japan, The Wizard of Video Games in Italy and Brazil, Video Kid in France, The Champion of Video Games in Spain, Game Boy <laughs> in Sweden, what? Game Game Over in Finland, and The Child Genius in <laughs> Canadian French. <laughs> That's very Canadian French of them. Uh, wow. I think Sweet Road is a cool movie title. It's a cool anything yeah. title. I like that. Good job, Japan. They would have the best thing. I want to shout out Canadian French, by the way. I was there last weekend. I was in Montreal. 
Okay. Those French, so, did they those treat Canadian you well? Frenchmen are, uh, they, they treated me very, very well. Everybody was like, I, I was like, trying to speak French. My best friend lives out there. He speaks fluent French. So like, I was just be like, oh, bonjour, qu'est-ce que c'est poutine or something like that. And I can't speak obviously any French as I just demonstrated, but mm. everyone there was very, was very fun. But I will say those, those French Canadian men, they are, when they drive, holy shit. <laughs> oh, just okay. Like, Dude, they're just like, yeah, there's a there's a red light. I don't know if I'm going to stop. I'll think about it. Sometimes I do. Sometimes just like. So yeah, they're they're not. Leave it they're to crazy. the French Canadians. I like it yeah. there. I've been there once or twice. And yeah, it's good. Good I thought times. It was really cool. Montreal was like kind of it had that dirty, gritty <laughs> feeling to it. Yeah, that that Calgary like Calgary is just a very clean city, which sounds like a good thing. And it is a good thing. But like Montreal was like. There's like graffiti. There's trash everywhere. It feels lived in. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's character. Yeah, yeah. uh, Calgary, maybe it's more sterile. It it is. Calgary, I think, is like uh, one of the cleanest cities in the world, actually. So, (laughs) fuck Calgary, I guess. Yeah, fuck you. No, Montreal (laughs) was cool. Um, And so you were right, by the way. The during the video game Armageddon finals. The last game, which they also say in the movie, which has never been shown before, is Super Mario Bros. 3. And uh, this was pretty much the the initial like reveal of Super Mario Bros. 3. Because, of course, you didn't have trailers. Uh, you didn't have, you know, E3 back in those days. Uh-huh. So this, this was like the reveal of Mario Bros. 3. And so some people credit this movie uh-huh. as helping the game's success. Um, I learned actually that Super Mario Bros. 3 had been out in Japan for about a year at this point. Uh, okay. But like I said earlier, like there's no trailers, there's no YouTube. So like if it's out in Japan, it might as well not exist in North America in 1988, right? right? Probably saw it in magazines or something, but like seeing it in motion, probably way different. Very cool. It also yeah, showed you how cool. to get the first warp whistle, which is pretty nice. Yeah. It's almost like yeah. a little tidbit of like, ooh, here's some secrets you could uh, uh, obtain. <laughs> Um, so yeah, here, here we go. Let's talk about this movie. This mm. movie opens up and I, I got Forrest Gump in Rain Man vibes. Okay. When I, yeah. when I fired this up, cause like, he's just, he's walking alone on a dirt road, like Forrest Gump. And he's, he reminds me a lot of, uh, uh, Raymond from Rain Man. So yeah, that, yeah. that was the, the vibe I got. That's definitely what they're going for. I think you kind of seen this in a lot of movies of like, you know, like the, like the maybe like autistic kid who's like gifted with something, you know what I mean? Like, right. Um, but it's really kind of undefined in this, I guess they go, he's like traumatized or whatever from something, but it's, it's kind of strange. It's kind of, yeah, it's kind of weak a little bit what they're, what they're trying to go for. I think. Let me break down the gist of this movie. And this is what I, what I mean when I said like, I'm surprised because there are a ton of like very heavy themes in this kid's movie and like you're you're presented with them like right away so you meet Jimmy Jimmy is a kid who is implied to have either PTSD or autism or something like that they don't explicitly say it but mm-hmm. everyone is kind of calling him like you know different and stuff like that and he does he does a lot of weird things like he he leaves and he goes on 
these walks and he carries around this lunchbox and he says California over and over again. And the reason that he does this is because his twin sister drowned two years earlier, which caused this family to uh, basically to, to pull apart here. So we got Jimmy and Corey is his brother. And, uh, oh God, what was, uh, Oh, I'm not going to get brother's the names, name. No, Nick. So we got those, those brothers, they're half brothers. So anyways, they're, they're family divorced after, uh, the dad is like, he looks like this drunk dude to me. who is like screaming at his kids and his, his mom is like this ditz and he's got this like asshole stepfather that's trying to commit him to an asylum. Yeah. I was watching this and I was like, holy <laughs> shit. Like, this is like a kid's movie but like I, this is these are like very dark themes and like they're not you can do those dark themes in like a in like an uplifting way like like i think up right like that deals with death at the beginning but like it's in a a fun charming way and this one i was like oh my god like this is like very dark for a, for a kid's movie i don't maybe that was just uh, me yeah i don't know i don't think it was relative to like I wouldn't say it's explicitly a kids movie. I would say it is more presented as like a all quadrants like family drama, you know. So it's like they're trying and with every character they're almost trying to have like a story that like almost everyone can kind of relate to and I think that's more why. So you have a little bit of like mature themes, but I I think especially for the time like I I think it's a, I think it's kind of more grounded as like a family comedy drama so like i don't know I, I didn't think it was that dark like i i don't think it um i don't think it hits on any of the particular subjects it's covering in like a very deep manner if that makes sense so like i don't think like they're ever like approaching anything that's like too dark you know it's it's more like heavier themes but like they they don't really like comment on them like that intensely in my opinion yeah i i, I think i would agree with that uh, maybe i was just expecting something different like way more like, lighthearted or something i think so yeah like like you talked about the mario movie right like i think when you when you go into a mario movie you probably expect this lighthearted comedy and it, like it was it was a lighthearted comedy but it's also the cyberpunk like dystopian adventure and mm. I think that was really cool and where like where I could see kids being like, What what is this? Like I don't like this movie. I think there was something there for like adults yeah. that that watched it. Whereas this, I was just like, Oh, I don't like there are some parts of it that are like kind of cool for kids, but like I feel like there's a lot of parts that are very heavy for kids, but also like then you go to like this this Nintendo commercial and like the adults are probably gonna be like, ugh, like but then, but then the adult, like the heavier, adultier parts of this movie weren't that good either. Yeah. So I was just well, like, I think oh, okay. Maybe this is just like a crackpot theory of mine, but I think like we've gotten to a point now where like kids movies are either one thing or the other, where it's like, it's either like kind of mindless and stupid, you know, it's like, it's like Trolls 2 or whatever, uh, or there it's like a kids movie that's like, it's just like secretly made for adults, which which I think of like some of like like in Inside Out or whatever that like Pixar movie about right. like emotions, where it's like this isn't even made for kids. It's made for a, a like adult babies or something. And I think like movies maybe 
at the time more used to just be like like they just used to be less like i don't know sanitized in a way you know what i mean like they would just have this stuff in them because that's just what you would have in a movie in a story whereas like i think now we've we're even more like like defining kids movies as like they don't really like push the envelope in that sort of way you know yeah i think we've seen uh, that change with like ratings like like you can like movies that used to be like rated pg or g or whatever like certain ones like would not pass as that now you know what i mean well, I, I don't think this would be a G-rated movie today, for sure. Yeah, exactly, Cause, cause but like, it totally, totally was then, you know. It I was just surprised that, like, Nintendo signed off on some of these themes. I just, maybe, I don't know, I maybe I was just expecting something different, just even based on, like, the, like, the, the box art, if, for, if you will, for oh, this sure, movie. Yeah. I thought it would be kind of like, uh, I don't know, like Spy Kids or something like that, <laughs> and yeah. it definitely wasn't. No, yeah, I think it. I think like that's why I could totally see Nintendo being like, okay, it's got to be like, like a uplifting because it's like uplifting in a way, you know. By the end, that, so I can see them yeah. being like, okay, there's got to be like someone for the dads and someone for the older brothers because like everyone does sort of have sort of a story, except for really like the mom and the stepdad. They kind of just like shit all over, uh, <laughs> and they never developed them. Yeah. <laughs> so. The basic gist of this, like I said, so Jimmy is uh, is the youngest brother. He's got, let's call it PTSD. I think that's probably what he has. Yeah. Um, and he walks around and he says that he wants to go to California. And so his stepdad and his mom commit him to a mental institution because <laughs> they're fucking yeah. pieces of shit. His, the stepdad his older is like step a pretty brother, great, like... Like eighties, nineties, like heel. Oh man! Like I'm sure I've seen him in other stuff. They had a few guys like that that I'm like I'm pretty sure I've seen them play the same like archetype in other things. Yeah, I miss yeah. I'm uh, I don't want to go into it, but I miss characters like that. I feel like you don't get that anymore. It's just like Jared Leto in a in a bald cap or whatever, <laughs> you know. Well, that dude is an, an archetype all to himself. Yeah, right. <laughs> so so Corey who is Fred Savage, breaks Jimmy out of this mental institution somehow. And he's like, all right, buddy, we're going to California. And uh, basically the whole movie is about them trying to raise money to get across the country. I think they start off in Utah and they're hitchhiking to California. Um, So along the way, they meet Haley, who is a kind of a girl without a family who joins them. uh, While at the same time, the stepfather and, and mother have hired this this bounty hunter to to go after them, uh, while at the same time, uh, Corey's dad uh, and his brother are are tracking him yes. down too. So we kind of <laughs> got this this chase across the country. We kind of got this this rat race gimmick going on here with like a bunch yeah. of kids on the move, and and it's it's the setup is fun. I think the the setup and the general premise is pretty fun. And you expect hijinks, and they sort of do it. I think you sort of mentioned it earlier too, where like. Um, like it's trying to be this all around movie and it does try to have like some adult stuff and some of this stuff, but it also, it also is like, it's trying to be serious, but it's also have trying to have like some like goofy comedy and then some movies thread this pretty well, but I think none of it really stands out as 
like it doesn't do great in any category. And I was thinking right. like it kind of approaches it in the scene, the scenes where the dad and the like guy who's hired are like like beating the shit out of each other's vehicles and stuff like that. It's like kind of funny. Um, it, it's not though. It's like look that so that was my thing this whole movie, and I was gonna bring it up later, but I'll just bring it up now. So this no, it's movie, fine. yeah, it it puts the kids in a bunch of situations that are supposed to be like funny or zany or whatever, like. Like when they're on the milk truck and they're getting robbed by the adults. And I, I think it's supposed to be like very funny. Or like you said, when the, the guys are beating the shit out of each other's cars. But it's like, fuck, like, I, I don't know. It just, this didn't uh, have the same charm as like a problem child or a home alone where it could do that kind of it adult versus kid hijinks and not feel creepy to me. I was just like, oh my God, like these kids are yeah. in big trouble. Or like, I, I, I don't know. Like it, there was just something about it. Maybe it was that dark tone that I was talking about where I was like, oh my God, like no. this is like. Well, maybe. I think what it is is that everything feels, like, set up. It feels like everything feels really contrived, you know, like, reverse-engineered. And then, and so it, like, it, you, it's just not, like, you don't ever buy it. And then I think, like, that would be okay if they at least provided, like, good, like, comedy or did something well. You'd be like, okay, like, yeah. the setup is, like, kind of contrived, but it's, like, a good vehicle for... That's how a lot of comedies are. It's, like... Sometimes the story's not really that interesting, but it's just, like, funny, you know what I mean? So you laugh at it, but, like, it's just not that funny. <laughs> um, uh, that, that, would, that would be my take on it. Like, I don't know. I don't know if it's the tone, but um, I don't know. It's not, it's not good. <laughs> no, it's, it's kind of all over the place, I, I feel like, at times. I think the... It's a little, like, um, like the guy's going ham on each other is is like the comedy of that of those moments that could be funny with what they're doing i think the way they play it though is so it's so like almost cartoony that it feels like maybe this is maybe that is like a tonal clash where it's like these guys like the way they're playing it is it feels like they're playing towards children like trying to make kids laugh you know what i mean like it, it's not a very like natural style of comedy like they're being very like over the top but that but which comes kind of out of nowhere in this sort of like family drama yeah even then like the, when the dude like stabs his tires i was just like all right well that's <laughs> that was intense that's pretty that's intense like damn like you, uh, this guy's you, not playing around you mentioned rat race which i feel like it's like constantly working on like in, an insane level you know what I mean? Where you're constantly yeah. like, this movie is insane. You know what I mean? Whereas, like, I feel like it wants to have that, but none of the bi- bits are as good as, like, you know, the cow hanging from the hot air balloon or, <laughs> you know, the bus of Lucy. I love Lucy. <laughs> they needed more of that. Yes, 100%. They needed some of that. At least for, like, the adults and the bounty hunter. Yeah. Like, the kids can do their thing, but, like, yeah, they needed that for the adults because the adults. Well, we'll get to that in a bit. The, like they really don't do much. The kids stuff, it all like yeah, with it all feeling like contrived or like set up. Like I think about where they when they like hitchhiked with those truckers, and then like the truckers saw them holding like a couple dollar bills, and they're like, "We got to rob these kids." And I was like, w- w- "It took that like I don't know. It seemed weird to me like that. It took you that long to realize these kids have money." 
and like, like, why wouldn't you just rob them before? And would these guys really go nuts over, you know, how much money do they have? Like 30 bucks? I don't know, you know. And then, yeah, like the chase, the like confrontation when they get out and they like try to rob them, you think, and they, they play it like this is like kind of wacky, but it's like. They just never, they don't have any good spots, you know, where we were talking about yeah, wrestling. It, there's no, there's no, that bits. confrontation was, was too real. Like it, it felt like it was too, like it was in Home Alone, they have like these insane spots where like the kid goes against the, the adults, right? Yeah. And like, that's what it needed. Like, it, maybe even in Little Rascals, like it, it just feels like the, these spots like weren't insane. It just like, it looked like they were just trying to like, grab these kids and like hurt them and i was like oh my god yeah especially because they're they end up running around they're they're running around like this place that's like a universal studios type thing you think they could like do some wacky bits while they're running around but they really don't it's always just like the kids are just running away you know what i mean (laughs) yeah uh yeah and up until like even that last part where they like they are running away and they just end up above the stage in this random building, like the geography of it seems it, it like, again, it all felt like very set up. You know what I mean? Like they knew they wanted this to happen. And so like, they just made it happen and didn't really give much thought to it. Like feeling natural or making sense, you know? And and so like, I can, I can forgive that, right? Like it's, it's a movie or whatever. And like I was, I was constantly asking myself this question too. But like I was constantly trying to battle that with like it's, it's, just, it's a movie. Let it go. But I was just like, fuck. Like, if you saw a bunch of kids with like no parents by themselves, like in a casino, in a, a train station, in a theater, like, wouldn't someone at some point be like, yo, we gotta find these kids' parents or like call somebody or something? Because like these kids are like hitchhiking across the country with no parents and stuff. And I was like, I was like, doesn't nobody think that's strange? Right. And then I, I had to be like telling myself, like, it's a movie. Let it go. Let it go. Let it go. But like, yeah, well, yeah, because I, I have all these thoughts, you know, mostly afterwards. I did kind of like think about this while watching it. But like, yeah, overall, it's kind of it actually kind of goes down sort of easy because it's just like, yeah, this is kind of stupid. You know, it's like sometimes it's a little boring, but it's like kind of funny. You know, it's. It, or it's more like just a funny like novelty that it even exists, you know? Like you were talking mm-hmm. about just like the story behind it is fun. So it's like it's a good like kind of cultural artifact to watch, you know, and it has some moments for sure. Um so like I mentioned, uh Corey, Jimmy, and Haley <laughs> are trying to get to California, but they don't have any money. And so they realize that Jimmy is a prodigy at oh. playing video games. This dude rocks at every video okay. game. Yeah, another thing that feels really set up because it's like, I mean, I guess it is after like arcades kind of died down, but it's like it is in that time where like everywhere you go would like just have an arcade machine like that is actually seems believable. But what's weird about this movie is everywhere they go has one of those arcade machines that plays NES games, you know, like where they have like the yeah. collection of NES games. So it's like it's like a very like Nintendo like has created this world where like everyone's going around playing Double Dragon on I I actually didn't think that was unbelievable. What was unbelievable to me was like how do these guys always have money to keep on playing? Yeah, that's true. Yeah, it's really weird. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. So yeah, there you yeah go. and like the people are like betting on 
people are like betting on Double Dragon. That's <laughs> really weird. I don't know. So Jimmy is awesome at video games, and so they see an ad in uh, Haley's reading a Cosmopolitan magazine. She sees an ad for the Nintendo. Or actually, it's not the Nintendo. It's the video game Armageddon Finals video game tournament or whatever. Mm-hmm. Winner gets fifty thousand, which is uh, obviously going to get them to California. So that's what they do. Their plan is to enter that and to win that, get the money, and get to California. So yes. that's that's the gist of the movie: raising money and traveling across to get to California. So yeah, nice setup. I think the general setup is actually pretty good. Maybe everything yeah. doesn't work along the way, but like you know, the general the, story is kind of the cool. sort of premise. There there are even things in just like the basis that are like weird and like like just like the way their family because it's like the two older brothers are half brothers. With Jimmy, right? So it's like... Yes. So, Bo Bridges was, like, previously married and had the two kids. Then he remarried, had another kid, and then... And two kids, and one of them died, and so he divorced his second wife. Now she's remarried. Like, I'm sure that, like, exact setup of a family has existed many times, but it just felt very... It, again, felt very specific because it's like, okay, well, we need a brother... To go along with the dad, okay, so he had two kids, but then, like, they need, we need, like, an evil stepdad, okay, so, like, she's, re- you know what I mean? It felt, like, o- yeah. overbooked, I would say. Too many, almost too many characters, especially when, like, the, the mom and the stepdad don't do anything, really, in the movie. And then the other part, right. other part of that, the setup that was, like, weirdly contrived to me was, like, okay, the cops are tired of chasing after these kids, We've hired the special guy to just bring back the one kid. Uh, so, Dad, you're on your own with with Fred Savage, and it's like, what? Would th- this really would fly? Where they're like, yeah, just bring back the one kid. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, yeah. Let, let's talk about some of these characters okay. here. Let's go down the list. Do you want to start from like the the headline stars, or do you want to start like the bit players and work our way um, up? What would you rather do? Just start with the headline stars because I feel like we've kind of said a lot about. Most of them, right. anyway. Let's talk. Yeah, let's talk about Jimmy here. Jimmy is is the wizard. I I like that they call him the wizard. Actually, I thought that that was cool that Lucas was calling him that. It was like it didn't seem like it was in a snide way. It felt like it was in like a no. He's good. A yeah, respectful. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I, I I think that they didn't really handle his uh, either PTSD or autism super well. Like it wasn't. If, they, yeah. they weren't as maybe uh, delicate, and I don't know if delicate is the right word, but like basically they they implied that he had either one of those, but it was just like all he could do is just mumble California over and over and over and over, and like this was obviously made in a time when like mental health was viewed as like a made up thing because it it seems like to me yeah. it just kind of seems like all right, what does a person like that do? Well, he can't function. He's only good at some like one particular thing, and like can't talk or whatever. He's very one dimensional. Yeah. Which I guess everybody is, but Yeah, it yeah, exactly. It's like most of the people are one dimensional and it just comes off as like a little bit more crass because I don't know, I think we've seen kind of seen that Good word. trope yeah. in a lot of movies of like um yeah, like we already talked about it, but it it actually had me thinking of about uh, a movie that's like a good example of this um which is The Peanut Butter Falcon. Have you ever seen that? Uh, I haven't, but I it's I've seen it. Uh, I've seen trailers for it. We did cover it on pro wrestling required viewing. We had Corey on because he he liked it, but it's like a similar thing where it's it's about 
a character who has Down syndrome, played by someone who actually does have Down syndrome, who's an actor, mm-hmm. and it's like about them. They live in like a home and they, and they hate it there, like because they show it and it's like kind of shitty. But like they're inspired by this old professional wrestler that they used to watch v- that they watch VHSs of, and they break out and they run into this uh, guy, other guy, and they go on this road movie trying to get him to this guy's wrestling school, and it it has all the same like kind of hallmarks you're going for, but it's like not crass and. Um, it's just like a really well told movie, so I, I wanted to plug that because I I feel like I I I wanted to point out that it's like just doing this type of movie isn't necessarily a bad thing or anything. I just think like it it does come off as kind of lame, you know, when it's just like yeah, yeah you did it. Like even like this movie, I think like very much ripped off a lot of Rain Man. Yeah, like, yeah, and true. made it for kids, and I think that that's a great movie. Yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah, and then a story like this done well, but yeah, this just wasn't necessarily done all that well. They do it in a way where it's like you can't really even get too worked up about it either. Like, really, yeah. I think we're, most of it were kind of overplaying, like how, because I actually, like I said, I kind of enjoyed watching it in a weird way, but I'm not actually like really that worked up about anything in this, despite like thinking it's not very good. Um, You know who <laughs> I... Did not think was very good. Corey. Fred Savage. This kid sucked. Yeah. He is... This kid was so unlikable. I just... I hated this little kid in this movie. I was like, yeah. oh my god. Every time this kid's on... He, he... You know, we were talking in our bonus episode about Cody Rhodes <laughs> in AEW. And he won't turn heel even though everyone's booing him. This is Corey in The Wizard. I, yeah. I saw him and like he's just like he had such heel energy to me <laughs> that I was just like fuck this guy is just like he he's such a a goof and like yeah. there was one point where he's in like the casino and he's like hey babe it was like yeah Ugh. I think it's supposed to like come off as like oh he's like a precocious sassy kid like that's fun but I I yeah. Uh, or even, yeah, it's supposed it, to be, like, uh, you mentioned Home Alone. Like, I feel like Macaulay Culkin's a little bit like that in that movie, where it's, like, he's a clever... Like, it's like any movie with a kid, where it's, like, like kids are supposed to think, like, they're funny and cool, you know? Um, but, yeah, I don't know. It might just not be for us, but I thought, yeah, he was really annoying. <laughs> I wanted to put this little shit in the sharpshooter. I did, just... <laughs> I did not care about him getting together with the... No, from Rilo Kai. <laughs> ah, it was horrible. Yeah, it was terrible. Oh, oh. So, and I was thinking too. I was like, it's kind of weird that like he's the main character, but I feel like I don't really have anything to say about him because he he kind of exists just to like guide Jimmy along, but like Jimmy's the special one, and so he, he's kind of in that Tom Cruise role from Rain Man. Although Tom Cruise has like yeah. charisma and he had an arc in that movie, yeah. Like, Exactly. He's kind of like the same character throughout the whole thing here. Um, Fred Savage is more, he is more like, to me, Captain N, who's just sort of like the nothing protagonist. You know what I mean? He's just like, the <laughs> he's like the character, even though this this is a movie about a, like this kid, this other kid, he's the character that kids are supposed to watch and be like, that's the cool kid. Like, I like him. Yeah. I'd help Which kind of undermines out. Jimmy a little bit, I think, because like I feel like that's who you should be like. Okay, this kid maybe 
is a little bit different, but he's the cool kid. But they yeah. instead they don't do that. He almost should have just not been in there and the kid just like runs while he's running away, runs into the girl. Yeah. You know, and you don't need to do you don't need to do the love story. You know what I mean? You could just Yeah. I don't know. That was that was horrible. Yeah. That was horrid. So initially, actually, as we're talking about um Haley. Initially, I didn't really care for her either. I thought that she was somewhat unlikable, but when she punched Corey in the face, I was like, this girl fucking rocks. Yeah, yeah. She's awesome. <laughs> I thought she was a pretty good kid actress. Um, she she won me over. Yeah, I think she did a good job. Uh, yeah, she, her character was fine. It's just her main thing was kind of playing off of him. Um, yeah, I don't know. I guess there was sort of a push supposed to be. That was supposed to be Fred Savage's arc is like they had a push and pull about what they wanted to do. She's got some, even she's got some backstory. Her mom had a little issue or something. It's like, okay, whatever. I don't care. So, yeah, what? So her mom was like a go-go dancer or something like that. She had like a gambling addiction. But then she said her mom had a gambling addiction, yeah. And her dad, I don't don't know what she said about her dad. So she said that her dad took her on trips but would leave her, yeah, a trucker or something like that. So she has no parents, basically. Yeah. So when you first meet her, I was just like, why does nobody think it's strange that this little girl is by herself in, like, the train station or whatever, wherever she they like were? She, li- like, has some and, lie about it or something, and it's definitely set up to be yeah. like, oh, she's not being totally truthful. Everyone's got, like, a mini character arc that you've seen in another movie. You know what I mean? Her, her character arc, this is probably just because I'm watching it right now. She was like the Faye Valentine of this okay, movie. Just, she didn't really have anything, yeah. but she wanted something. You know, I sort of I, maybe it's because I just watched this. But I felt like she was like John Candy in Planes, Trains, and Automobiles, where he's like a traveling salesman and he's talking about his wife or whatever. And then it's like the big twist is it's not even a big twist, but like his wife is dead or whatever. And that's what I got from her. Right. And she's like, "Oh, my dad." is this and that and this, and you, like, don't actually see the dad? And I was like, oh, it's going to be... Her dad's, like, dead or something, you know? <laughs> yeah. I don't actually remember think- if he was dead. She goes, actually, like, the issue is with my mom. And I'm like, wait, was her dad dead? They might have said. I don't remember. <laughs> I-, I don't know. I-, I don't know if either of them are alive and well. Like, <sighs> I-, I don't think they explicitly say. Just by the way, around. when this movie ends, I was just like, all right, what happens to Haley? She go and live with these guys now. We're her parents. <laughs> yeah, sure. Like they adopt her. So maybe that that'd be nice. Um, I thought that uh, uh, she had a few nice scenes though. The yeah, uh, yeah. her on the phone with like the Nintendo Hotline guy, I thought was <laughs> was clever. It was like a good ad for for that. Although she would have racked up a hell of a bill because I think that was like forty cents a minute or right. something like that. Yeah, yeah. This is where I think that again. It ended up being okay and, like, kind of, what I was saying about the other stuff, like, kind of funny, but it it felt more like we got to show the Nintendo hotline, you know? <laughs> I think if uh, if they, like, leaned more even, there was some funny moments of, like, he's still on the phone with her or whatever. Like, I think if they yeah. made it like that a little more comedic, like, that could have even been fun, too, but it was okay. I thought, I thought that montage was really fun, actually. And you got to see Metroid at the 50-minute mark. That was, that was cool. <laughs> Shout out to Metroid. I timestamped it. Uh, I I thought that like that one when they're in the casino and she's uh, so I was literally just thinking like why doesn't someone scream or something because like this bounty that hunter is abducting this set child up and payoff. 
They set up her. Yeah, screaming. and then she was like, she was like, he touched my breast. Yeah, I don't know why, but I I thought that was I was not expecting that, and I thought it was pretty funny. That yeah, I was thinking that too. Like, oh, this weird guy is chasing him. I also I also just watched uh like a few months ago that Clint Eastwood like cry macho movie, and and it's a, also a road movie, and it, I was so like they, they pull that move in this movie where like they're they're trying to take the kid and the kid's like hey this guy's trying to like like abduct me or like molest me i can't even remember and a bunch of like dudes just like swarm them and beat the shit out of him and uh <laughs> like to this random guy and i was thinking like they should just pull that move and then they did <laughs> like that is essentially what happened um yeah i i thought that part like it wasn't even, like that part didn't really crack me it, like i thought okay they finally did the move um, but what really got me is actually when he had the tr- trucker confrontation. Spanky, <laughs> Spanky, and the whole Spanky subplot. That was the level Dude, of comedy I let's, was. Hoping let's talk for. about Spanky. Yes, Spanky rock. I want to mostly awesome. talk he was, about. He was the most likable guy in this movie. Yeah, they help him gamble, which is really funny. Fuck yeah. That was a great way to like show that her character. You know, she's like the brains of the operation. Is she's. Helping yeah. us at all gamble. The, the scene goes on a little long. That's most scenes, like, there's a little bit of padding. Um, but the, the highlight of the Spanky scene is, one, when they confront the guy, but then when he gives them a ride and he's driving in the, like, most movie cartoon way, where he's, like, moving his arms up and down like crazy. Like, whereas <laughs> if he was actually driving, he would be swerving like crazy. But it's just like, no, you're, like, driving in this movie, so that's acting, you know? <laughs> This this movie does that like you see this in like not only this movie but like media when like people when they show like people playing video games and like people mm. are just mashing every that fucking button on the controller with- as fast and as hard as they can. Yeah, like it's so good. You see it in this movie and like Christian I was telling Slater Sam like that, yeah. you couldn't even walk forward if you did that like the, with the amount that they're mashing. It's great. Yeah, it it's funny too knowing like some of the sound effects because they're like mashing and they're like oh but I just did this and it's like. I know you didn't do that. That's not what just happened. You liar. Story. Yeah. That's a nitpick, but. <laughs> uh, yeah, Spanky rocked. I wish we would have got to see him punch out the dude. Oh, that's. That would have been good. They should have had Spanky swipe, come in at the end and he's like, I'm going to adopt the girl. <laughs> oh, that would that would have been cute. Yeah. No, I, I want I want the other guy to adopt her. The, maybe maybe give her a nice home. The, the dad. Oh, okay. Okay. I thought you meant the guy who was like pursuing them. Oh no! He should not adopt anybody. <laughs> no, definitely not. Uh, but yeah, shout out to Spank. He he is the type of dude that will buy underage kids beer. He doesn't care. He's like, yeah, all right. <laughs> yeah. What do you got? He's so cool. Uh, all right. You know who I thought was cool? I thought Lucas was cool. The really good player. <laughs> Lucas is so cool. <laughs> he he was a great he was a great heel. He was awesome. He put that fucking power okay. glove on. He looked like Thanos. He was up there. He was controlling it like. I was like, this guy's awesome. We got to give him props because that that is the most iconic scene from this movie. Like, if people ever reference the movie, it's pretty much the power. I, I love the power glove. It's so bad. <laughs> like, that is the line of the movie. So you got to give it up to Lucas. So good. I thought, Gooey, I thought that Lucas was going to pull a babyface turn and like respect his com- his competitor and be like and raise the hand of the wizard once they got there 
But when they got to the tournament, he actually went full heel and sold out the location of Jimmy. He ratted him out to the bounty oh, yeah. hunter. So I was like, you little fucker. Like, I, I thought that you were, I thought that you were gonna, you know, do the right thing and you didn't. Cause when you saw him in the diner and he's like, I know where they are. I didn't think that was like a heel move necessarily. Cause he was telling the dad. Yeah. So yeah. I, I was just like, I was a little bit heartbroken. Shit head he to the end. Just went full heel. Yeah. Yeah. I, I thought they were going to do something like, it, it that that scene as iconic as it was it was like it really was just a commercial for the power glove because i thought it was gonna like come back because like jimmy doesn't even face him he like runs off i thought like later he would like beat him with the power glove or something but nope it was just an excuse to like show off the power glove hey that was a cool scene <laughs> it, lucas is cool it also the a little line that's kind of not nothing but it sticks out to me is like one of the ways you know Jimmy is cool is that he owns like every NES game or whatever. Oh yeah, and he, he like whips I have out his 70. games. I've got them all, <laughs> and he like has them all in the pouch or whatever. He he was cool. He was yeah. so cool. This guy, this guy should have had Lucas should have had his own. Spin-off he had great, uh, great flow going too. Great, yeah, hair. <laughs> yeah, he did. I I he I want to be he like was, Jimmy. Uh, he had the he had the flow, but I I feel like he could have worked as a babyface, but no, they just you know what he they just he, went full blown. He didn't do anything too bad, you know. He he was just he was just telling people these kids are out there lost, you know. Uh, I, I feel like he I feel like ratting out the Jimmy's location. I was that was pretty yeah. despicable. Yeah, a despicable right. heel move. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about Nick. Nick is young Christian Slater. This just looks like it should never exist. <laughs> Christian Slater, oh. this dude was born 40 years old, and that is how he should stay. Oh, I well, yeah, maybe that's... Because even in, like, a lot of his early roles, I feel like he always... Like, people always compare, like, him and Heathers, that he has sort of, like, a Jack Nicholson thing he's doing, you know? And so I guess, yeah, even at a young age. But I don't know. I, I think I've seen him in enough stuff that... I uh, can appreciate him as a as a youth. It really it just threw me off. I was I was so startled when I saw it because like especially I've watched uh, I've watched Mr. Robot twice now, which is like mm, okay. now that's really what I think of when I think of Christian Slater. It's like seeing him is like he looks like he's like one of the greasers or socias or whatever. It's just like holy fuck, like this is this is this, weird. This was when he was he was like a yeah a hot young star. I actually thought he was pretty good in this movie. Personally. I thought it was okay. Like, I, uh, like his whole char- his his whole character was there just to be like sarcastic and stuff. Yeah. And, like, well, they were like having a little like thing with his dad, um, and they I don't know they were like they were trying to have a thing where like oh he's like good with like he repaired the NES or whatever. Um, I don't know. I think like yeah, what they gave him to work with was like like everything else kind of shallow but i think i don't know i just think his his acting he kind of sold me on it a little bit i thought that so there's that one scene where he's bitching out his dad let's talk about the dad here too who by the way is is just like an angry drunk yeah seems like and he keeps on saying like you stole my pickup my pickup (laughs) (laughs) fuck yeah but yeah there's that one scene where like he he rips him apart and he's like you suck and like you're like you're running this cheap motel and whatever. And like, then the dad again is just like, Oh, don't go take my pickup. And I was like, man, 
Christian Slater is right. This dad does suck. Like he he sucks. <laughs> He's going through a and lot. And then like Yeah, so I, I was like in that way I was like, all right, I agree actually with uh with Christian Slater <laughs> here. I can I can agree with him. And then the dad had that like redemption arc where he learns to like video games. But I also thought that was kind of lame because then he's just like, I don't care where my son is. I just want to play video games. And I was like, you do suck. You <laughs> no, suck. He, would, he wanted to go and cheer his son along in the end. He was he was he was uh, supportive at the end. I don't know about I, that. Right, well, I think um he didn't like it wasn't even really that great of an arc. It was like. Christian Slater went to sleep and he woke up and his dad was playing the game, you know, I was like, okay. Yeah. Um, and you know it's weak when you have, like, this happens a lot in the movie where, like, the characters just, like, explicitly say things that, you know, should just be conveyed through the acting or, like, the story. Because, like, yeah, in the end, he's cheering along, he's, he's trying to give advice. They're all shouting, like, worthless advice at Jimmy. And Christian Slater says to Fred Savage, he goes, he's a changed man, I tell ya. (laughs) That was, like, actually kind of funny because it it did approach, like, parody levels, like, where the movie doesn't normally Uh. get that. But you had had a character going, he's changed, I tell you what. (laughs) It's like, okay, (laughs) come on. I, we gotta watch a good I Christian thought, Slater movie sometime because we've only. I th- actually think he's amazing, and we've only watched this and uh, Alone in the Dark. <laughs> oh god! But he's so well, good. Is he in Alone in the Dark too? Yeah, he was the star of Alone in the Dark. What? Well, no, is he in the sequel? I mean. oh oh, is he in the sequel? I I'm gonna say I doubt it. I think they recast him as someone who looks nothing like him, but it's the same character. Oh, yeah. What would you say is the best Christian Slater movie? Um, probably. I don't know. I like. I do like. Um, Heather's that I mentioned. I think he's kind of like scary. He's scary and awesome in that. Uh, he was in True Romance, which was kind of a cool early '90s movie. Uh, Quentin Tarantino wrote it, so it's got kind of the Tarantino vibe, and mm-hmm. it's that era, you know. Like, so I I've always liked those. He's in. He has a like a brief appearance in a like a Star Trek movie in the early nineties. He's a he's like a bridge officer, but uh so I always get oh, excited from there. Do you have a favorite thing? Is it Mr. Robot? It definitely Mr. Robot, but it's not, that's not a movie. Yeah, yeah. Um because I was trying to think and I was like, I don't know what my favorite Christian Slater movie would be. I'm looking at this list of his movies and like maybe Oh, I don't. Yeah, maybe True Romance. That which that is, is a like, cool movie. That, that's a good. It's a good movie. It's a good. Oh, movie. he was. So, yeah, it might be that <laughs> one. Certainly not Alone in the Dark. Oh, apparently I'm looking at his IMDb, and he was in the first Austin Powers movie, an uncredited role as an easily fooled security guard. <laughs> okay, well that that might be that the might be, highlight then, right? Yeah, there. we've got so much Austin Powers alum here. My my wife's ringtone for the last five years has been the Austin Powers theme song. I hear it every day, multiple times a day. That's a banger. <laughs> I heard it at eight thirty this morning, and I just like I was still half asleep, and I just growled. It's oh just like, no! Rah! That's creating like a bad association in your mind of this classic film. Th- this is off topic, but did you see the Austin Powers Mass Effect mashup? Where um, <laughs> this just I? came out. It was like a trailer, and like Austin was like. 
telling Miranda from Mass Effect, like, oh, behave. No, and, like, I, gotta see, I gotta see that. It's it's so fucking... I'll find it for you. Um, yeah. Opposite opposite of that was uh, Mr. Bateman, the stepdad, and Christine, Jimmy's mom. These guys were awful. They sucked. Yeah. Terrible. Yeah, and nothing. Terrible people. I, I don't think it happened... I mean, at the end, they were all... I guess that's true of every character. They were all just kind of there, and they were all, like, cheering him on, I guess. And that's, you know, them all coming together. But I I feel like they didn't really, like, give the parents enough. Because they instead had this slimy guy chasing him. Which was fun. I liked... I did like that guy. But, like, yeah, then you don't just really don't see the mom and the stepdad at all until the end. Where they're just... They show up or whatever. It was horrible. These guys were so bad. And I was like, the only reason this movie exists is because you are negligent and you're sending your kid to like an in- an institution instead of doing taking him to a doctor. So I was just like, oh my god, these guys are are the worst. And then you have the scene at the end where like the stepdad and the mom and the real dad are all like cheering and hugging, and that didn't feel earned at all to me. Yeah, I was just kind of like, maybe if it was right. like. I mean, you'd be taking out such a great character, but if you didn't have that guy who was pursuing them, and instead it was, like, the dad and the mom and the stepdad, like, competing, like, chasing after them, like, they were in the rat race situation, that that yeah, could have been fun. That could have been fun. Give the mom uh, something The guy to do. chasing him, though, his name is Putnam. I actually really <laughs> liked Putnam him. Putnam the bounty hunter. I, I thought he was pretty funny. <laughs> <laughs> he was pretty good. This dude... If Dwight Schrute existed in the real world, it's Putnam the Bounty Hunter. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Like this this guy had like every characteristic of Dwight Schrute. Like, can you imagine like some guy walking up to you just be like, hey sweetheart, I'm looking for some kids. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I thought he did a good job. Um Yeah, he was like kind of like the stepdad. He he was sort of like a Filling a very specific archetype, but he was pretty funny. Yeah, I, I thought that he was uh, he was pretty good. He was a good little foil. He got uh, he got his comeuppance from from Spanky. Yeah, uh, yeah, like good, good addition. Like I was saying, some of those comedy scenes were like over the top in like a cartoony and like not really grounded in the movie way. But I think if that's like what they wanted, I think he was really going for it, and he. Like, like a movie that was like more matching, like what he was doing in tone would be pretty fun. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I think I so. think he could have he could have car- carried it. He had a real, you know, what he had. It, what was that movie? What's that movie where they like Frankie Muniz paints Paul Giamatti all blue? <laughs> oh, um, is that like something oh, liars man. or something? Big fat liars or something. <laughs> he had something. You must have had that kind of kind of like vibe of like Paul Giamatti being like harassed by children, <laughs> you know, just this like yeah. sad man <laughs> being fucked over by kids. Like that's funny. I would have liked to see it like even at like a like a Home Alone level almost, where like they're just like really fucking this oh, guy up. I think yeah. that could have been like if really they funny. were like setting like road traps for this guy, that would have been funny. But yeah, I think they good. wanted it to be he, like he was awesome. realistic, but then. I don't know. It kind of hurt them, I think. So I guess to to surmise what happens in this movie, <laughs> eventually they do make it to uh, to this video game Armageddon. By the way, 
How creepy was the host of Video Game Armageddon? Oh, I loved that guy. He was another guy that was like, oh, I, like he was kind of like the stepdad where like he plays like that kind of role. Like he's the kind of guy, like the actor who played um, like Shao Kahn or whatever his name was in, in Mortal Kombat Annihilation. Where like I'm sure he just plays like a heavy thug in some other movies. And I thought he was actually really charismatic and and awesome. <laughs> he was intense. I loved it. He was intense. He was he was creepy, but he you can't say he wasn't intense or charismatic. Yeah, maybe he was really creepy. He definitely had a very like like he would be like um in like the world of Double Dragon of the movie we watched. He would be like one of the like bosses, you know. Oh yeah. <laughs> totally. So they go to this tournament and uh Jimmy overcomes Lucas and he wins the tournament and then they go to uh to California after and they they eventually he Jimmy runs off to this dinosaur thing and he's sitting inside this dinosaur and his family comes and he's in this dinosaur and they open up this lunchbox which he's been carrying around all movie which apparently his parents never thought to open up to see what this was inside of here and there's a picture of the family together and that's all he's been wanting to do is to go back to the last place that the whole family was together before this drowning accident with his sister. Yeah. It was okay. I mean, it's all like stuff that like I can see it kind of making sense and like you know what I mean? It's all stuff that it's like okay, I I see the storyline they're going for. It just doesn't really hit, you know. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I just like I thought that the parents were just like so shitty like all of them and I was like, dude, we're only here because, like, you wouldn't take your kid to a doctor. Mm-hmm. You wouldn't, like, you didn't give a shit about your kid. Well, yeah, like, but disappear. I guess they kind of did, but... That's supposed to be... It's know. supposed to be about them overcoming that stuff, right? Um, so it really just matters how much you buy that. I I wasn't buying it, <laughs> unfortunately, because I was like, fuck, these parents suck, and, like, whatever. But we're all here, and it was a sweet <laughs> ending. Jimmy got to go home with Corey and Nick and Who knows, right? Haley, and I, th- I guess Haley is just adopted into the family now. So there you go, we got a happy ending. <laughs> I um, I-, I looked up what that announcer had been in. I looked up his IMDb, by the way, and uh, I'll his top four. I'll give you they all fit his vibe that I was trying to describe. He has been in <laughs> Highlander two. Uh, the live action Scooby Doo movie. Uh, yes. Um, a Nightmare on Elm Street. Um, five. Oh, wow. <laughs> dream. No, which one is that? A Nightmare on Elm Street Five: The Dream Child, and then a a show called Beastmaster. Yes. So yeah, he he is totally like that, like bald, scary, intense guy. I think I'm looking at a picture. Oh, yeah. Man. Anyway, I had to get that out there because I don't know. He's one of those guys. The Beast Master. He's one of my. That sounds f- awesome. He's actually one of my favorite types of guy in in like movies from this era. <laughs> he would. What did? How did you describe a boss in Double Dragon? That yeah, is, that is perfect. That's spot yeah, on. Yeah, like a scummy. That is evil boss. Yeah. Um. So I had a thought about this movie and I wanted to share and see if you agree okay. or disagree. Yeah. So I think a lot of people criticize this movie as being essentially a commercial for Nintendo products. And it is no yeah, doubt about yeah. it, but, but when I was watching this, I was like, all right, 
there's really not like a ton of Nintendo stuff in the first half. Certainly more in the second half than the first. But I'm watching this and I'm like, within the context of the story that they're telling, like, yes, it's selling Nintendo games, but it doesn't feel like it's like out of place or like advertising doesn't fit. I guess what I'm saying is like, I've seen movies before where it's like, you watch and you're just like, you see something and it's like, that's blatant product placement. Like it's a zoom close up of like someone's shoes or someone's watch or like, I'll have another bud or something, please. You know what I mean? Like, and those ones, it's just like, it takes me out of the moment. Cause it's like, all right, well obviously like, you know, Pepsi just paid to have this in the movie or like Nike paid to have this in the movie or whatever. Whereas like in the context of the story that this movie was telling, it never felt out of place to me to see Nintendo games like that. That was the whole gist of the story. And I guess maybe you could just argue like, well, the whole gist of the story was to sell these ads. But I feel like, I don't know. I I feel like it wasn't like bombarding you with Nintendo stuff over and over. And the stuff that was there, it was there for like a purpose, you know? Um, I'm sort of of two minds of it. Well, not not really, but I, I sort of disagree. Like, I think it does stand out to me, like, like, like with stuff like the Power Glove or like, you know, the kid's cool because he he has all the games or like or just the fact that like, no, it's not like widespread that everyone's playing like NES arcade games everywhere, even though those did exist. Like you'd probably go places and they'd be playing like Pac-Man or something. You know what I mean? Um, but it's nothing that's like it's make or break. It's more that it like the rest of the movie feels contrived. You know what I mean? So like that's where it's mm. failing is that it's like you could you could do this and like it could fit. You know what I mean? Um, so it it does stick out to me. But I will say that it it is actually feels quaint now compared to like the types of like you know, IP <laughs> like infused stuff we have now, you know, like, yeah, I guess I haven't even watched like, you know, like, or I guess like, like ready player one, the movie feels like way more crass than this. You know what I mean? Or like, uh, the, I did, I guess I didn't watch it, but the new space jam or like that free guy movie, <laughs> like those, mm-hmm. like, I think it actually, it, for that time, it probably was like maybe peak, uh, you know, like, product placement kind of shallow stuff but it's just gotten so much more crass and worse that i think now looking at it's like oh that's cute you know i don't know maybe it's just that this movie was like more honest about its product placement in a sense Mm -hmm. whereas like i feel like you watch some movies now and it's like they're subliminally trying to like get you to notice like the the fucking amazon logo or something like that that's true yeah and like this movie's just like, yeah, we, we got a bunch of Nintendo stuff. There's, and like, we got the power glove here. There's a lot of believable things, like, that, a, you know, a bunch of kids or even, like, young adults or or whatever would, would love Nintendo at this time and stuff like that. I, yeah. I wouldn't dispute that or, like, that there would be, like, a competition like this. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. I think that's the other thing, too, is, like, in the context of the time, it was pretty much Nintendo or bust because Sega hadn't really... They they weren't like a viable alternative yet. Oh and yeah, like, yeah. I don't think there was anything else other than like what was that an arcade? That's that's so the I, part I that know, maybe, throws me. Maybe I'm just an apologist. Is that like there would like it would be more likely that like you would not just see that same like player value choice or whatever that machine's called like at at like at every restaurant and every place you know and everyone's 
everyone's like playing double dragon <laughs> or whatever, you know, like that does stick out a little bit. But um, yeah, I, I it is still like somewhat grounded, like in the beginning, like they set up all the stuff. It's not like it's not like everyone's like just gaming. Like it's not even until like 15 minutes in where you're like they discover the kids good at gaming, you know? Yeah. I was I was surprised actually at the the games that they decided to feature prominently because like you see Double Dragon a lot, you see Ninja Gaiden a lot. I think you see Ridge Race. No, uh, what was the racing game that they were playing? I don't remember the racing. Whatever, game. whatever that was. Road Rash. It wasn't like they weren't something like that. Maybe you see Ninja Turtles a few um, times. There's a lot. Nin- yeah, Ninja Turtles. Um, yeah, and there wasn't like there wasn't like uh, a whole lot of like first party NES games mm-hmm. I don't think like other than Mario obviously but like they didn't show like Donkey Kong they didn't show Zelda really they didn't show Punch-Out they didn't Zelda. show Metroid really you do um and I don't know and uh I, the, he does make that one like analogy to Zelda when he's like giving the inspirational talk to the to the girl that is true <laughs> that's kind of funny I noticed the thing that people do in this that I, I feel like it's it happens a lot in movies that like, but it's not as like people don't talk this way in real life where he's like, like they, the dad's hooked on or someone's hooked on Zelda or whatever. And they're like, oh, I just got to the eighth crystal and I got the, I, I beat the river demon or whatever. And it's like, people don't, people don't usually like, it's, it's like funny because he's using the specific terms, you know, but it's like. People don't usually talk about that unless, like, the other person knows what the hell they're talking about. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Also, uh, yeah, oh, so that's that's where my knowledge comes into play. The river demon in Zelda 2 is just a little monster standing there on the map, and you just play a flute, and then it disappears. Like, that's how you make him go away. And in this, he's like, you hear all the fighting sounds, and he's mashing like crazy, and he's like, oh, I just beat the river demon. And it's like, no, the... You were not fighting the river demon right there. Uh, So good. I just like, it just pops me every time you see somebody just mashing as absolutely fast and hard as they can. It just brings a smile to my face. That makes me think of one other major point, I guess. um, And it's, it's, I I don't really know what to, what, what you do, but like, it's a thing. There's a aspect to movies that have like competition or like sports where, you have to like cinematically portray like the thing you're competing in. Uh, even if like someone has like kind of little knowledge of the sport, like there's a way to like dramatically tell, like convey like a sports story, like in, especially right. in the finale of this, this doesn't really have that with that competition. Cause it's, it's like a little, it's a little nebulous. So instead they have like that tracker and they're constant, constantly shouting like, Oh, he's lost a life, so he's back to zero. And it's like, what? Like, you don't really feel like the drama, you know what I mean? And like, you have the girl just screaming, like, get the star, get the star. And he like gets the star, but it's like, is that. Which, by the way, nobody had ever seen Mario Bros. 3 before, so how the hell did they know where that whistle was and all that right. stuff? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And they're all like shouting advice. It's just like they're shouting the terms, you know what I mean? So that's mm-hmm. that's another way. It's it's kind of a minor detail, but it's like where it feels like kind of crass. Where it's like they didn't really put much effort into like you know like telling a compelling story with it. It's just like they're just shouting like "Oh, get the mushroom!" Oh no, you know what I mean? And then just showing some of the game. Um, 
Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it's like, like I said, with Captain N, it, it's like, it feels less evil than stuff now. <laughs> you know what I mean? It, it, it feels cute. Well, this movie, like I said, was a bomb <laughs> with the critics. 29% uh, critic score. Audience is at 59, though, so real tied for that. And the cult classic, as we said, made a bunch of money. It had, it had $6 million budget, made $14.3 million, and may have indirectly contributed to the success of uh, Super Mario Bros. 3. So Nintendo had to look at that as a as a good thing. Um, and then they, they so yeah, were like, kind of a, let's make some movies. <laughs> yeah. Well, and then they made the Mario movie. So I think... Oh, by the way, actually, we, we skipped over something important here. The ending song, Banger. Yes, I, I messaged you because I was so... It's so good. It's such a... So you met you messaged me. I was hyped. I was hyped to hear it. Right. I was just like, this is gonna be good, and I think it it was good. It but wasn't what it you needed. Wanted. It needed more synth. It just it needed a little bit more, more of like the the pounding bass. I'm trying to do it with my hands right now, but like need it needed more synth. Okay, you know. I thought it was more of just like a like an '80s like pop ballad, not necessarily like the synth heavy kind. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know what? Yeah. It's interesting bit of trivia. I was like, because well, after I was like, I rocked out so hard to that song. I was like losing my mind. Um, and, and maybe there were other things at play that was making me feel that way. <laughs> but <laughs> I like looked up the person who perf- sings that song, and there it's actually like one of the most um interesting bits of like like you know trivia is because this person. She's done a lot of, uh, I forgot her name now, I gotta look it up. She's done a lot of um, different movie, like, singing roles in, like, movies and plays and stuff. And so I found out she was, like, the adult Nala singing voice in the Lion King movie. And she was the Princess Fiona singing voice in Shrek. And she also, like, does her own music and stuff, too. But, uh, yeah, and and I was like, now, now that I had looked that up i was like i can totally hear especially like the lion king like i can hear that same voice you know what i mean um yeah now that you say it i could i could see that she had a great voice great voice yeah i wish i could remember who it's not i don't know but uh i'll have to i'll have to look that up and slip that in there (laughs) um let me see if i can if i can find this quick buy me buy me some time here um, she was voiced by, I don't know. Uh, and I'm, I'm talking about in the, uh, the original, uh, Lion King, uh, animated movie. Uh, of of yeah. course. Yeah. Of I, course. I don't know who sang in the new one. Maybe it was the same person. Actually, you probably could have, probably could have gotten. Do you remember what the song was called at the end? Um, that's a great, actually, that's the best way to look at it. Wizard. Final. I, I got the wizard credits. soundtrack here. Okay. It's like my there's two songs called My Way and I Found My Way. The song mm-hmm. is called I Found My Way. Okay. And as This is important. I cuz I want people to look this up. There's there's Claude Francois who wrote My Way. Oh, I got it. On the soundtrack. But there's another My Way as well. Yes, Sally Dorsky. All right, I found my way. You oh, here we go. I found my way. Sally Dorsky. Look it up on YouTube, Spotify. I'm sure it's on there. Uh, 
you know, we sp- we dwelled on it for a long time, but it's a good, it's a great track. Maybe not enough synth, but it, it's a ballad. The sure. music it's, it's in this movie uh, was ridiculous, by the way. Like it was definitely overplayed. Like, oh yeah, it, it was like the music of Captain N. Like, is very it was like the same kind of like tones or like they had songs, but they weren't. They were just like the jingles from the songs, like not the actual song itself a few like standouts like when they're on the road they almost had like this mystical like i almost felt like they're going to like a native american like flute vibe when they're (laughs) when they're out you know on the in the desert (laughs) it's like i don't know it's a little it's a little much oh man yeah well there we go go check out sally at the end i think there's only one thing less for us to do here goo Mm. are you thumbsing it up you're thumbsing it down. I would say that it, you know, I wouldn't like recommend this movie to anyone. It's like, hey, this is a great movie. But I, I, what I mentioned before of like, it's a fun, like, cultural artifact, and it it is worth watching, uh, especially because it has some of those like weird bits of trivia or that power glove scene that's so iconic. Um, it's not a great movie necessarily, but I think it's fun. It's fun to watch and just to see you know what it's like um so i would i would thumbs it up like like really with the caveat that you're a video game fan you know or particularly a nintendo fan if you're not i would say no (laughs) but yeah i i would thumbs it up it's it's a fun novelty i think i would as well like uh, with the caveat that you have to be a nintendo fan and you yeah you have to find that product placement charming because uh, if you don't, then like you're in for a world of hurt. But yeah, like I feel like uh, if you're a Nintendo fan, this is you should watch it once. So for that, I give it a thumbs up. All right, yeah, I'm glad. I'm glad that I watched it once. Put it that way. I've watched it twice now, and I think I last time I watched it was about ten years ago. I think I could watch this movie once every ten years and be like, oh, that's kind of a delight. Uh, okay, in ten years. We'll we'll get our kids together. We'll all yes, watch this. Yeah, exactly. We'll sit down and watch the wizard. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, there it is. The wizard, directed by Todd Holland, starring Fred Savage. Tons of Nintendo shit in there for you to <laughs> dwell on. So, yeah, it was uh, not what you expect, but a worthwhile endeavor. How about that? Sure. Yeah, <laughs> I'll go with that. Yeah. Um, all right, well, you know exactly what to expect next episode, because this is an episode three years in the making, actually, a virtual theater. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, we are we are concluding one of the very first arcs that we ever started on this show back in uh, 2019 when we did The Phantom Menace. 2020 was Attack of the Clones, and by God, we're finishing off the prequel Star Wars trilogy next. Anakin Skywalker <laughs> finally fulfills his dark destiny and everything else that happens around that. We got Star Wars Revenge of the Sith. This is one of my favorite Star Wars movies, dude. This this is a good movie. This is one that I've probably I've seen it obviously, but I've probably watched it the least out of at least okay. at least like the original Six, because the newer ones I haven't seen that many times. But yeah, out of the original, the, all the George Lucas Star Wars movies, I've honestly seen it. Well, actually, maybe uh, the clones I've seen the least. But you know, it's not like Phantom Fan, Phantom Menace captivated me as a kid, and I like could yeah. not 
get enough of that. And then this movie came like almost right at the time where I was like starting to be like, I don't like that kind of stuff. You know what I mean? Like I, I've seen it and I, I think I enjoyed it at the time, but it was sort of, I was sort of like not long after it, it was like off my radar. You know what I mean? Like I just didn't care. Yeah, that's, that's fair. It, it certainly was no, it was no Phantom Menace in, in like a way it was, it was like darker and like maybe not as fun as Phantom Menace. I, I would certainly say it's not as fun now, but like, I'm excited to go back to this one because I think that like there's a lot of cool stuff in this movie. It has like that sick fight at the end. I think it's going to be sweet. Yeah. I'm going to pitch you. Oh, dude. I'm going to pitch you some of my ideas about how they could have made this even better. Oh, yeah. I forgot you had that little storyline you were working on. I have I have my own Spiteri cannon going on. <laughs> I actually have to re, I have to re-listen to our last two episodes to see where you I'm should at, recap that I forgot. in our next one because yeah. I'm not going to remember. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> I, I don't remember myself. And it's probably changed, actually, in the last year, but uh, we'll see. But yeah, that is next. Star Wars Revenge of the Sith. I'm I'm pumped yeah. about that one. Yeah, it's gonna be sweet. And that's gonna that's gonna cap off our year. That's gonna be uh that's gonna be it for virtual theater in 2021. We got a ton of stuff on the docket though for 2022. My god. Uh it was worth mentioning, actually. The new Resident Evil movie just came out. Like, yeah. I think this week. Actually, I think I'm gonna go see it tomorrow i had a friend ask if i wanted to see it all right nice um but we'll i don't i, I don't nice. think we're gonna cover that right away right not right well we will yeah, yeah we'll get we'll we're get not to always sure. topical you know what i mean it's fine we, i i've yeah. actually kind of lost the need to like be like let's talk about this new thing like i just don't care you know what i mean i'd rather just talk about yeah. whatever we like well <laughs> We also, we have to talk about The Matrix, too, in 2022. Oh, well, like, we, we have to do The Matrix. I, I, oh, man. We're going to do, I know, I wanted to, like, talk to you more in depth about the sequels. I did just watch Reloaded. Um, so we'll have to do, like, I want to do maybe, like, a primer where we, like, talk about the sequels. You know what I mean? If you're down with that. Oh, I'm, I'm down, baby. I'm those, down. So. Yeah, I'm, I'm ready to rock and to roll with the matrix yeah that's gonna be good and uh yeah 2021 has been a good year 2022 is gonna be even better so make sure that you are liking and subscribing wherever you get your podcast soundcloud spotify itunes wherever you get your (laughs) podcast to recommend virtual theater to a friend uh i i plug this podcast so much in my real life it's sickening Uh, so let's see if anybody can outplug me that would be uh that's the challenge for everybody for the rest of this year and check us out over on patreon we have so much stuff over there it's ridiculous oh yeah yeah and we've got like we talked about it already but we've got a lot of ideas and we're trying to do a lot of fun stuff with it yeah so make sure that you are checking it out there uh until next time we are at virtual theater x i'm at spateri 316 goo is at gooey fame i think that's it i think that's all i think we're good